Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. And this morning, I have for a topic, replenish the church. And I'm just going to be only 15 minutes. So I'm just going to just add a little salt, probably catalyst, and then we can go on. Let's read Malachi chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven. And all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. They will leave them neither root nor branch. But you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed cows. You shall trample the wicked, for there shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. And on the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts, remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Verse 5, Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. You've heard that God is building a new people. This is true. God will come and sit in his church in the work that God wants to do and purify he will purify his church. The contemporary church is birthed in a culture of hiding, shame, disgrace, and honor. So whenever there is open revelation, people don't like it. When the church is hideous and anybody can do anything in hiding, people like it. That's why people like big congregations. In the character of big congregations is that you can hide. You can hide. So when a church is too small and the pastor can call you by first name, people run. People want to hide. When people come to church, they want to sit in the back row. Why? Because we are birthed in a culture when we believe in tough protection. <laughs> Whether it's old church or new church, it's the same. The young ministers are not different from old ministers. They still have ambition they still have tough control. And like Pastor Chintok yesterday said, there is still religion. We have an outer veneer of God and who God is. But we don't really love God. We don't really love who God is. We love what God can make us. We love what God can do for us. We love what God can add to our lives. We don't really, really, really love God. And how can you submit to a person who you don't love? How can you yield yourself to a person who, who you feel is someone designed to cramp your style? What God is asking the church to do is not to make cooler music. It's not to get the acapella sisters to, to sing and, and stand in a straight line and go, shoot you up. I don't know why it had to be a dream. Shoot up. 
The whole idea is not for you to make a church that is more cool and more trendy and all the, uh, all the, all the men wear green shoes and they tip top. That's not the whole idea of the church. The whole idea of the church is not to, is not to build bigger buildings. Some people think, oh, church is dead. I was one of those people. I thought church was dead. So I thought certainly it's fellowship. So I went to a small fellowship and the fellowship ended in argument. The people nearly beat up each other. This is my opinion on the word of God. This one goes, this is my opinion on the word of God. And in the end, he ended up a fight. Somebody said, oh no, it's not fellowship on the word. Now is the time for worship. Let's do worship. <laughs> and, uh, and I went to this private, nice worship ministry and there's always a keyboard So play something, brother. Oh, I found the world that I'll forever drink. Jesus Christ, my King. <laughs> but guess what happened? The whole worship meeting, everybody was singing out their heart. The only person who wasn't present was the Holy Spirit. So I wondered like, so where is God? He's not in the big. He's not in the small. And God began to speak to me. What I'm looking for is not better branding. It's not stronger online community. It's not Instagram. It's not face food. It's not face food. Facebook. Some people eat it like food. <laughs> It's not slicker speaking and better gear. Because sometimes we feel like, you know, because of, so we're now importing American type voice to the church. So the people who make our announcement are people who can speak like Pastor Zena with Queen's English. The glory of the Lord is in this place. It just gives a lot of holy wave offering. We feel like what we need is more cool, more appealing. You think there's something you can do to the world to make them fall in love with the church? Do you really think that if we're less judgmental, the world will love us? John the Baptist was the son of Zechariah. He left everything Zechariah was doing. He left it. Zechariah was wearing priestly garments. John the Baptist wore camel skin. Zechariah was wearing a robe. John the Baptist, Zechariah was eating in table and dining. John, John the Baptist was eating locusts and wild honey. Zechariah was preaching in the temple, going to the Holy of Holies. John the Baptist was by the river Jordan in the wilderness. Everything John the Baptist did was antithetical to what his father did. 
And yet the power of God moved mightily where John the Baptist was. So what is it we're looking for? What is it that we're searching for? What is it that the church is trying to do? What is it that is going out in the outbox? When God begins to replenish the church, a few things will happen. When God begins to rebuild his church, you will see these things emerge. The first thing God will do is to create a family. Say family. The favorite name for God through all scripture is father. A father looking for lost sheep, seeking to reconcile sons, seeking to openly discipline his children and communicate his plans to his family. Young men and young women in the community will connect like brothers and sisters. Older men and older women will earn respect and mentor the younger ones. They will create connected covens of love, care, accountability, and challenge. Think about the church of the future. This is what it will look like. A family. Say a family. We are constantly looking for the miraculous that we don't know that we are looking from a lens of brokenness. What God wants to build is family. His first name is Father. Father! Authenticity breaks shame. When we come and we can look at each other face to face, there will be no more shame. When we can care enough for each other that whatever you're going through, we can talk honestly into it, there will be no more shame. That is actually what God wants to build. You're not real until you can touch people beyond your circle. The church of God is a family of love. First of all, God builds a family before he gives them a mandate. God builds a family before he gives them an assignment. You must have a place you can return to. You must have a place you can kindle into. You must have a place you can connect to. Because if you don't have a family, you are sleeping rough out on the streets. None of you, you want to marry a wife, the first thing is, where's her house? What's her family? You want to marry a man? Don't ever meet a man on the streets and marry him. That's one of the recipes for disasters of modern marriage. You meet somebody in a nightclub, you don't know what his parents are like, you don't know whether he was a serial killer, and you just say, I love him at first sight. No, you don't know who you loved. The first thing God wants to build is what? Family. Say family. We are constantly looking for the miraculous. But what God wants to do is to build family. So we have these big meetings with mighty names where we get the best and the slickest speakers to come and make us get pumped up. But it's not a family. It's not a family. So it's not of God. In a family, you'll be challenged. Someone will look you straight in the face and tell you what you're doing. It's going to split hell open. Hallelujah. The second thing that you will see the church becoming as God replenishes the church is the pillar of faith and truth. We see a world of lies. We see a world of hedonism when you can have anything. <laughs> right now, truth is relative. Yeah. Nobody wants to admit what is truth. Pilate asked Jesus, what is the truth? The king who ruled the entire ancient Palestine could not tell what the truth was. 
how much more in our day truth is relative. And everybody's saying, I speak my truth, you speak your truth. Oprah was telling someone, I just love how you speak your truth. Like, Jesus said, nothing can be done against the truth. There's no division in truth. I think uh, it was the PA to Donald Trump who talked about alternative facts and grew that name where called alternative facts. And people started saying, your truth may not be my truth. Can I tell you, if your truth does not line up to the word of God, it's a lie. Tell someone it's a lie. The church of God in 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 shall be the pillar and the ground of truth. This is the platform for ideas, for genuine truth, for balancing. The church of Christ must be the place where balance comes from. It must be arranged properly. The word of God must bring correction. The word of God must, you know, there's something wrong when you are doing the wrong thing. But in addition, when you are trying to make the wrong thing, the right thing. The church of God, the number three thing God will do with the church is to make a city of lights. It's a city of lights. The word for 2022 has been arise and shine. Let your light come. That's the word we got here. To me, he brought it in crossover service when we did it together. You remember? The redeemed Christians of God, church of God, their own message is actually arise and shine as well. Across the churches, the preponderant word over Nigeria in this year has been arise and shine. <laughs> the Bible says in Malachi, as we read, unto those who fear my name, the son of righteousness will emerge. John chapter 8 verse 12 he says, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. People are looking for direction. And when the new church emerges, it will have the wineskin of bright, shining light. Say amen. amen. Oh, Mashiach. What does the light look like in the high seas? Many times in the old days, people voyaged by, by canoe. I was going through the museum of a guy called Thor Heyerdahl, and they had these Viking ships where they used to travel from, by Vikings from Norway. This was in Oslo in Norway. And I was visiting this museum and I saw the Viking ships that used to come to Africa. And this guy was an expeditionist called Thor Heyerdahl. So they named their entire exhibition after him. Thor Heyerdahl was a man who rode these Viking ships. And there was a story written about him, about how he got lost at sea. And he was voyaging and battling his canoe for months and for weeks and weeks, not up to months. But then he saw something far away. Guess what he saw? Lighthouse. Say lighthouse. lighthouse. Oh, some of you are not following. You are angry at me. Say lighthouse. lighthouse. He saw a lighthouse. And all he needed to do was to steady that Viking ship for the lighthouse. All you need to do is to study your sinking ship for the lighthouse. The church of Christ must be the lighthouse. It will become the place where men can see the standard of God. 
In the days when the church is replenished, that's what you will see. The next thing the church will be, city of refuge. In this world, you have brokenness. You have wicked men. You have anger, but you also have people who do things by mistake. In the Bible, there was a story told in the book of Joshua. When you kill someone, God told Joshua, make a city of refuge, chapter, chapter 20, verse 1 to 9. They build different cities of refuge. All you need to do is run to that city and you'll be safe. The church is a place for you to be safe. So sometimes I see people sitting down during worship and I want to take a bulala and whip all of them. Is this, do you know we're worshiping God? Why are you sitting? Is your bum bum paining you? But I know that not all of us have the same level of revelation. And God will not have compulsion on people who don't have revelation. So I allow you to sit. The day your eyes open and you see the majesty and the awe of God, no one will tell you to roll on the floor. No one will tell you to stand. No one will tell you to worship. If you can't see, you are blind like a bat. Many people come to church, they are still blind. It's a hospital. It's a city of refuge. All types come in. And this building is not the church of God. Any church you've been to is not the church of God. The church of God is in heaven and on earth. And the Bible says, the Lord knows those who are his. So even though we're sitting together in the church, God knows the people who are his. Number five, number 10, number 15, number 20, you are mine. The rest of you, you're not mine. You're not mine. You're not mine yet. Until we get to that point, the church remains a city of refuge, a place for killers, a place for toxic people, a place for what else? Sexual immorality people, a place for rapists, a place for thieves a place for murderers they should come to the church I'm sure you guys don't like that sound of that kind of church but that is the church God wants to build not that they will not come as they are but when they come he rolls up his dungarees and begins to sit as a purifier there will be more wars in the world. There will be more problems in the world. There will be more... Have you noticed, I saw a report this week, said less than 6% of Africans were vaccinated from COVID. And COVID has disappeared in Africa. No new strains is coming. Just see before you say, thank the Lord Jesus, then you can see that this was, maybe the Republicans were not wrong. Maybe this was a pandemic. 6%, less than 6% of Africans are vaccinated and there's no COVID in Africa anymore. Meanwhile, some people are 99% vaccinated. They said the biggest death rate now is among the vaccinated. If I post this on social media, Instagram will flag it immediately. Thank you, ma'am. Hello, ma'am. Can I tell you guys something? Honestly, as this world gets more toxic, we must have a place we can go and hide. That place is called what? 
church. The church is a city of refuge. When God replenishes the church, the church will be alive. Healing. Alive. Cover from the storms of life. People who are going through anxiety and panic attacks will find a place. People who are going through hurt can be healed. Communities will emerge. Safe communities. Safe leadership. Leaders who protect the young will emerge. Father figures will emerge. Mothers will emerge who protect people. This will be the church. The church, number five, is a voice and a statement. They said about John in John chapter 1 verse 23, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, saying prepare the way for the Lord. The church, the church will represent that new cry of God. The church will be available in the wilderness. And when God has proven the church out in the wilderness, he will bring the church to the city. With the city gates, with the elders at the corridor of power, God will bring the church to the table of conversation. There will be arriving hope and healing reconciliation when God is done with this church the church will have order structure, government audacity, courage that's what the church will look like finally the church the church that is replenished will have the design for future life Pastor Eva spoke about this, about God bringing a new heaven and a new earth yesterday. What will, the, what, will, what will the world look like in 2030? What activities of God will bring the kingdom of God closer to men in 30 years? God was the first conservationist. In this whole replenishing, God is the first one who said, let's repair the earth. So it's not Greenpeace. I keep saying, the idea of conservation is not Greenpeace. You see our t-shirts, right? Replenish. It's nature. You see our carton design, right? Like recycle. But it wasn't recycle projects that started to conserve the earth. The first person who said, let's replenish the earth was God. God is the first restorer of the earth. So wherever you live, restore it. Put gardens around you. Clean up your food. Don't make yourself, your place like a dustbin. Conserve like God. God gave Adam every tree that was good for food and pleasing to the eyes. The Bible says. So design, beauty was in the heart of God when God was designing. Say someone, tell someone beauty say to someone else beauty if that person is frowning too much say beauty was God's idea the beauty industry was not created by man God gave man every tree that was good for food but also pleasing to the eyes that's eye candy God was the first architect he downloaded a dimension to Noah and he said to Noah this is multi-level design many flaws build this ark he gave the same anointing to two guys called Oholiab 
I'm busy little. And told them to craft. God was the first artisan and sculpture specialist. He told them how to artifice gold, wood, bronze, silver, and hammered work. God made panels for the kingdom of God, for the temple of God. The first time they were designing those civilizations was the creativity of God poured upon two men. God was the one who created the first set of musicians. Judith is here, coming right after me. They were called the sons of Asaph. They were the tribe of, Le of Levi. And they carried all types of instruments. Wind instruments, gongs, cymbals, harps, clarinets, trumpets, psalteries, harps. And they were singing psalms and hymns and spiritual song. Time will fail me to detail the technology of steel, of radio, of electricity, of quantum physics, of nuclear energy, of fine and visual arts, of theater, of photography, of food, of taste and smell that God has poured into man. God is opening the eyes of scientists to create more and more. The innovation of the future is in the hands of the church. That through the church, the many-sided wisdom of God might be made known unto principalities in heavenly places, but also on the earth. The sons of men will see the innovation through our hands. It's not innovation itself that is the problem. It's the posture of our hearts. If our hearts are right, innovation can sit on that right-heartedness and God can replenish the world through us. God is actually waiting for many of us to get ourselves together. God is waiting for that reconciliation that Pastor Eva spoke about to happen. And upon that is the refreshing that God wants to bring in the whole earth. Are you ready? Are you ready as the church? Yes. Watching this online, are you ready as a person? Are you ready to bring the government of God around your life? Are you ready to rebuild what God wants to build? The church of Christ is not dead. The church of Christ is alive. Many times when we speak about the church, we are talking about the faulty parts of the church. When you talk about the church in Nigeria, which of the church in Nigeria are you talking about? Is it a church in Lagos, in Abuja and Port Harcourt, where you have big, massive congregations? Is that the church of Christ? There's another church sitting in Meduguri today. As we're here, they are worshiping. In the height, in the height of the Boko Haram riots, in Damaturu, the church moved under the trees. The church was alive and bubbly. One of the bishops that was slaughtered in Kaduna State, in the open view of his children, he was, they asked him, are you going to deny Christ? He said, what is my life? 
how am I going to deny the person who has given me everything that I am? This is a moment of glory. He began to preach. Until they slaughtered, he was talking until a knife went across his neck. So which of the churches are you talking about? Is that the one you're criticizing? This is the church where men paid with their lives. Or is it the church of luxury and plump and affluence? Be careful which one you are criticizing. The church of Christ is alive and well. Say alive and well. One day I was traveling between Kano and Jos. I passed through a town called Ningi in Bauchi State. And in that town, I heard the sound of people worshiping. They were playing, they didn't have keyboard. They were playing instrument of metal. But something happened to our car, so I approached that place. The place was electric. It was like 100 boys just shouting, the Lord raised their own song. The Lord is king forever. King forevermore. The Lord is king forever. With my whole heart, I will worship him. With my whole heart, I will give him praise. They don't even have internet to watch what you watch. They were raising their own psalms. Which church is dead? Which church are you talking about that is dead? There are people who don't have any money. Once they graduate from school in ABU, Zaria, in the University of Joss, in Bayero University, Kano, they pick up their bags and go and become missionaries in Niger. They pick up their bags and become missionaries in all Northern Africa, all the way from Nigeria to Libya. They are Christian missionaries, undergrads like you and myself who never worked after they graduated. Just serving the Lord. The church is alive and well. The church is alive and well. Don't let the city view of the church cloud your eyes. So if I was doing this miracle and I see if I said this meeting was a miracle and I brought a man of God who used to make people fall under the anointing, this whole place will not be able to carry anyone. But I say let's focus on the word. Only 50 people will show up. So do we love the Lord or do we love ourselves? God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.